Blog Talk Radio. Vanessa? Yes. Okay. Welcome. I'm Minister Ginger London. Welcome to the Ginger London Show. I'm so excited about the show on tonight. We have something very special coming up. We have the Got to Get Myself Together 2015 Summer Virtual Conference. The theme this year is Greater Works Live. And if you follow us on Facebook, or doing uh, on the email list, you know that we did a a Greater Works Challenge where we talked about, you know, we need to be doing more things with the gifts and talents that we are that we have been entrusted to. And so we did a challenge once on actually teaching you how you can take your message and actually get it out there in a big way, doing different doing doing different things. And so this year, along with that challenge. We're also going to do the summer conference uh, where we're going to talk to you about how to present yourself to the world in a big way. And we're talking about doing live events. And so I have um, some special guest friends that are going to join me over the next two weeks. The conference is from June 14th through the 27th. It's a tele-summit um, or a teleconference, if you will. So it runs for two weeks. We do something every day. Uh, twice a day, uh, so by the end of the two weeks, you really should know how to put on your first live event or if this is your 50th event, you should be able to pick up some um, some great tips and some strategies and principles that you can apply uh, to what you're doing to make sure that you have an awesome, awesome event from this point on. And so everybody who's going to be teaching you and presenting to you or experienced event hosts from uh, doing just uh, half-day seminars all the way to actually doing full-fledged two- and three-day conferences, teaching at conferences as well as hosting their very own uh, conference, doing monthly events. Uh, you know, we have a panel of experts that's really going to help you get to the place where you desire uh, to get so far as getting your message out there in a big way. And during the Greater Works Challenge, you know, um, I said to the people that when you um, – uh, when people experience your voice, the sound of your voice, uh, they experience a transformation because your voice is powerful. You know, Jesus said it like this, the words that I speak are spirit and life, and we are imitators of Christ. So that means that when we speak, the words that we use should be spirit and life. Spirit meaning that your words should be powered by the Holy Spirit. There's nothing you should be doing in and of yourself, and they should be life. That means that they should, you should have some uh, a breath in your words that will bring transformation to all of the hearers or the people that you are literally assigned to. Remember, we're not assigned to everybody, but we are assigned to somebody. And so whoever your target audience is, whoever the people are that you are assigned to, they're waiting to hear the sound of your voice because it's in your voice that they ha- that they get what they need. When they hear you 
teach, when they hear you uh, preach, when they hear you speak, when they hear you talk about certain things or present certain things, whether it's your product, whether it's your business services, whether you're in ministry or not, maybe marketplace ministry, when the people who you are assigned to hear you, something should become alert on the inside of them, and they should be able to hear exactly what they need to hear from you. So again, this is for two weeks. I'm excited. And uh, I have one of the uh, guests on with me uh, tonight that's going to be uh, a presenter, uh, one of your teachers, uh, Dr. Vanessa Weatherspoon. I mean, she's an awesome woman of God, as well as an awesome um, entrepreneur. She's a business builder. I mean, you name it, Vanessa's done it. And so I'm going to let Vanessa come on at this time and just introduce herself to you, give her a little bit about give you a little bit about her background and give you some examples of some of the live events that she um, has hosted successfully and how she's going to impart into your life on the days that she teaches. Hi, Vanessa. Hi, how are you? Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you now. Great. What an honor, what an honor. So excited. Hats off to you for this powerful time of teaching and empowerment that you're allowing your listeners and those who support your ministry. I am just honored to have known Minister Ginger. Wow, we go back all the way to graduate school uh, when we both received our master's together from Oral Roberts University. And since leaving school, I have been blessed to uh, sit under powerful men and women of God who uh, put on powerful conferences, which gave me a great launching pad uh, to do my own uh, when I did graduate uh, from seminary, traveled out to Oakland, California, and was blessed to sit at the feet of um, Bishop Ernestine Cleveland Reams, and many um, women were blessed for several years. She had uh, one of the largest um, women's conference of color and learned, and by being one of her ministers on staff, uh, thousands of women came out every year for her conference and learned firsthand uh, all the mechanics, the background, uh, yet alone uh, even while in college uh, watching them there. And then when I relocated to Dallas, Ministry Ginger was uh, blessed to have monthly conferences for over six years. Uh, every month we had a prophetic conference, Gathering of the Eagles Ministries is my ministry that I birthed in 1996. So we have been at this for a while, and it's one thing when you uh, start a ministry of your own and you are building. When I moved to Dallas, didn't really uh, know anyone but my family, and God strategically opened up doors and began to uh, have conferences where we every month uh, taught about the prophetic uh, in teaching and preaching and psalms and prophetic administration, just all the uh, the different avenues of the prophetic and uh, broke it down in, into chewable parts where people would understand those who were called to that office. And putting on a conference every month uh, had a lot of logistics of um, natural things of marketing, but a lot of things I learned from the church I attended in Tulsa about always having uh, registration cards. So we were building a mailing list, and I'm sure that's something that you'll talk a lot about over these days and weeks where we had partners of our ministry who would come out every month. We had partners uh, who bought product and supported us in our newsletters. And I traveled full-time, literally around the world, 
and America and to Africa and other continents ministering. And every time I went, I would always go with the product table. I learned that very well. Uh, a lot of times people uh, may or may not give and sow to you during the meeting, but they'll go to the back table and spend hundreds and hundreds of dollars on your product. So was really blessed to always have uh, from back in the cassette days to CDs and now DVDs. Uh, product ministries where uh, we would have a lot of teaching series and I began pastoring in 2006 so that helped even more so build but every month in Dallas uh, people came from around the world and I never used big names um, Minister Ginger in building our conferences that uh, ranged literally every month between 150 to 200 and at our big annual conference up to 500 people uh, when we rent a bigger facility and we bring in different people that I had met in my travels uh, who would teach and minister and we'd have workshops uh, all during the day and then meetings on Friday night and Saturday night. So um, that was just such a blessing uh, to the body and a blessing to my life. And I have a prophetic school, uh, uh, Gathering of the Eagles, so I was mentoring prophets and training or pits so they would serve and um, host the conference. And um, they had job descriptions and just all the things that make it run smoothly. And we always did it with the spirit of excellence. And it, would, in turn, was training them because one of their assignments was also to uh, prepare their own conference and me support them in that because duplication is what makes us all grow. So those are just some of the things that I have a strong background in is uh, planning, administrating, implementing uh, conferences, uh, seminars. And now I have a morning call, the master's call, Monday through Friday, uh, no matter whether it's a holiday or not. Uh, it's 7 a.m. Central Standard Time. We have a call where, again, now I have young ladies uh, who work as a team for me and we always have uh, 15 minutes of a speaker, and we pray for the people and have people calling in literally from all over, even the world, through Skype. And I've, as a matter of fact, October will be five years uh, that I've been doing that. As technology changes, we change with it. Hence, you're doing this webinar where many couldn't physically travel to you, but they can get on a phone call and listen and be empowered and then turn to do it. So I want to take up all the time, but I definitely just wanted to share with you some things that I've done and am more than willing to share with others. Back to you. Amen. Amen. I can, you know, say, you know, I think we both have had um, a tremendous uh, background in uh, conferences and workshops and all those kinds of things, you know, and I think, you know, I know, Back in the late 80s, before I came to Oral Roberts University, um, you know, I was under Bishop Paul Morton. And, of course, they had events, but not like um, when they launched the Full Gospel Baptist Church Fellowship. They did some things at the church. And so even though it was an event, it wasn't as large of a scale as um, the conference that they had that started having in the Superdome. But I think what really uh, opened my eyes up to big conferences um, our live events, I should say, would be when we were at Oral Roberts University to see uh, Carlton Pearson put on Azusa, you know, right. and um, uh, what was it, the late uh, Billy Joe Daugherty, I think, uh, God, I can't remember the name of his conference, you know, um, 
that Zuzu he put on. Conference. That's what it was every year. There's in April. There's Zuzu conference. Yeah, I mean Billy Joe uh, Daughtery did something. Oh, the I uh, oh I forgot I forgot it. I know the ICBM was Oral Roberts conference. Yes, International right. Charismatic Bible Ministries. That was when we always hosted. <laughs> Right, absolutely. And I think it was at um, the Azusa Conference of Bosby and Seminarians, you know, and volunteering and, you know, seeing all the ins and outs and behind the scene kind of things going on for a live event. Because at that time, he was pulling out twelve or 15,000, if not more. And that was okay. huge in the okay. early 90s. I mean, that was huge. You know, he was like, he put it on. You know, and we, and as you say, of course, the late Miles Monroe, he was bringing in big uh, heavy hitters, as we would call them, you know, to his conferences. And so, and of course, then uh, uh, Benny Hinn did his uh, healing uh, uh, event one year or two years while we were there. We volunteered for that, so we saw the inner workings of, of all of that. And not only that, remember Mike Murdoch, did his you, uh, first wisdom? Like yeah, he did his first wisdom conference in Tulsa, right. Oklahoma, and we were volunteers. And he did it in a hotel, and it was still big, uh, right. in a hotel. And we saw, on a smaller scale, if you will, uh, the details that are involved, all the things that are involved. It was big, but it was still smaller than Azusa, and so we still got to see, you know, how to volunteer, where to position people. You know, uh, where your ushers, if you will, for the event are stationed at uh, strategic doorposts, you know. Um, remember, he was like, yeah, he was one of the first people I saw actually passing out free books at his uh, at, uh, his event. You know, so they, they knew exactly when he was going to do it. They had everything where it was supposed to be. All they did was pick them up and go pass them out. And I thought that was just awesome, you know. And so uh, being a part of... Bishop Martin's first um, full gospel Baptist Church fellowship conference was an awesome experience. We, you know, we were instructors for that event, but you and I got together and collaborated and said, hey, you know, here's what we need to do, you know, so far as, like you say, the back of the room table was like, listen, create a manual, you know, uh, because you're going to have a lot of people in that class, and you're going to be able to sell that manual after you teach, and I know I saw it, and I'm sure you did, after you teach, after they hear the sound of your voice, and you teach whatever it is you're assigned to teach, you need to be ready because they're going to buy. That's right. It's it's no question about it. They're going to buy, and at that time, uh, we were putting what fifteen twenty dollars on a manual, which was you know kind of yeah kind of steep for the nineties. You know, it's nothing for the day. But at that time, we put that fifteen or twenty dollar price point and did exceptionally well. You know, in the early nineties. You know, and I think uh, our classes were pulling out. We we taught four times that week, and it was pulling out a hundred and something in each class. So. I mean, that was an awesome uh, experience. Uh, and I know I, when I got back from Oral Roberts University, got home, was doing the, um, got, uh, when I started that after, the first big conference that I put on was the Women of Color Conference. Remember that? That was yeah. the first one when the Women of Color Study Bible came out. Uh, originally, the conference was supposed to be held in Dallas, Texas. It got shut down for some reason. And we are we are contributing writers. Uh, to that study Bible is now called Aspire. And I said, wait, no, let's do that conference in Baton Rouge because, you know, that's our first big, uh, what do you call it, known publishing uh, event. 
And so we brought the conference here, and that was a huge turnout. And it was like three or four days for that conference, and that was one of the first conferences that was lucrative, financially lucrative for me because we were creative in honoring women of color, and they brought their families, their friends, they brought everybody out, you know. Uh, you know, to, uh, uh, to interject with that, uh, that Women of Color Bible was an honor for us, but it was so easy to talk about because back then and even now they were being sold in Walmart, um, yes. you know, on, on, the, on the Internet. People were so excited for us to show people in every book of the Bible where people of color, women of color were, and then to write different articles. And, and I was so honored. And I still am now. When I see someone with that Bible in there. Say, oh, you're in this Bible to know that we were part of that history. That helped Absolutely. A lot. And, you know, as far as I know, it was the very first study yes, Bible on the market catered to a women of color. And as far as I know, it is still is the only one. Study Bible. Yes. Mm-hmm. That was an awesome, awesome thing. And, you know, it was uh, a few of us that that are friends, that are writers. And, I mean, that door opened. You actually told me about it. And I, right. I, jumped, right, I jumped right on it, you know. So, you know, it's, about it's such a... All, everybody I suggest, they, uh, you know, and it's blessed because we all studied and we all learned and went time, took time to be trained. And everyone I suggested, they used. So I was glad and humbled that I was able to do that. Absolutely. So before Vanessa and I share some tidbits with you on tonight, because this is just a kickoff show, and so we just want to get you excited about the next two weeks. We want to make sure, I want to encourage you that if you have a notebook or a three-ring binder, um, uh, get it ready. Get some uh, loose-leaf paper, clean paper, ready to take notes and all of that. if you don't have one, be sure to go out and buy one. So, because by the time we get to the end of the two weeks, you should already you should have your event planning binder by the time we get to the end. If you take enough notes and you follow us consistently and systematically through the next two weeks, by the end of the two weeks, and actually while we're doing the going through the two weeks, you should be actually planning your um, live event, even if it's something small that you're going to start out, you should be planning that event ready to go. You know, you should have it well written, written out, you know, and just ready to follow the steps and the strategies that we're going to teach you over the next two weeks. And so your event should be a great hit. You know, if you follow us and if you know someone, you know, because whenever we're thinking about doing events, we always tell people, you know, so it could be a friend, a family member, somebody that you know or that you think should be doing events. Then I want you to be sure to uh, let them know that um, that we uh, have this. And so you can send them to gingerlondon.com and they can register. The live calls are free, but you can upgrade if you want the workbook and templates and checklists and all of that to go with it. You can upgrade for just $97 for all of that up until uh, June 30th. After that, it goes to the regular price, which is going to be 197 Okay, so uh, we're just going to give you some basic um, information right now. Uh, over the next two weeks, we are literally going to teach you how to design your live event. We're going to take you step by step. We got uh, creative. Um, we're going to call them modules. And so, for the first week, as you know, it's for 14 days, two weeks straight. For the first week, we're going to be dealing with the foundation of actually preparing 
to put on a live event. And so we're going to first talk about what I call proclamation. What's your message? We're going to be talking about how do you present yourself. You need to know what your core message is. Uh, your message can be just that, a message that you have, um, a specific thing that you teach on. And I tell people, Vanessa, uh, you can chime in on this. We can't teach everything. You know, we are assigned to teach a particular thing. And I always give the example, you know, the late Oral Roberts. His was miracles, signs and wonders. Benny Hens is healing. You know, the late Kenneth Hagen was faith. You know, so what do you think about that, Vanessa? I'm sorry, what do you think of what, ma'am? What do you think about, I, uh, I always tell people we can't teach everything. We oh, have a specific word. You know, um, for example, the late Oral Roberts was uh, signs and wonders and miracles. Um, the late Kenneth Hagen was faith. You know, um, Miles Monroe did a lot on uh, per, the late Miles Monroe purpose and leadership. You know, I, I think that we have, we, we're given us word. And when we master that and, you know, become well-versed in that, that's our message. No matter what mode of transportation we use to get it out there, we, you know, if you, regardless of whether you're in business, if you're in ministry, if it's your career, that's one area that you are good at. Right. And I totally so. agree with that. Um, and I think as, and I, and I remember one of our professors always telling us, as you go, it will become clearer and clearer to you. And even though, as you just said, uh, it may be a different vehicle, different ways, but it will carry the same thing. It will carry the same heart and the same uh, um, message. And, and for me, and I think that's probably because of the prophetic flow in me, but I teach a lot about order and honor, uh, godly order and honor. And uh, in almost everything I do, that God has an order, and there's a protocol. And a lot of us uh, bump our heads because we hadn't been taught. Uh, a lot of us have had been erroneously taught. And um, for me, I, I'm a prophetic teacher to my core, and anything I teach, it, it talks about the order of God, there's a timing, there's a season. And, and, and for every one of us, we have to learn how to focus in and have a laser-focused faith to teach with the spirit of excellence what he has us pregnant with. We're not a jack of all trades. Uh, we are given something that God wants us to proclaim and then learn to master it and adjust it to the audiences that we're called to. Some audiences we get in front of, Ginger, you know, you kind of got to tune a little bit, hoop a little bit, tell a joke or two or something, to loosen them up. And then other audiences are just, I want the information, (laughs) just straight teaching. And other audiences, you know, you have to start with the basics and uh, go a little slower. And as we are sensitive to who we're in front of, we're still saying the same things, but we may serve it a different way so that everybody can digest it. Healthily and grow. Absolutely. So there you have, we we're going to start with uh, module one, which is the first three days starting tomorrow. We're going to be dealing with the the expert in you. What's your message? You know how to create that compelling message. How to identify what your message is, and then we're going to be uh, the next two days after that. We're going to be talking about presenting you. How do you present yourself? How do you define your purpose? You know uh, how do you um, 
uh, build your team because the people that you have on your team represent you. So how do you present yourself? You know, but basically we want you to focus on knowing what your core message is and then defining what your purpose is. Because if you don't understand that, you're going to be hitting and missing and you're going to be all over the place and you're going to become frustrated because nothing's going to set well with you. It's going to, nothing's going to set right. So it's, it's absolutely important that you become grounded in knowing your purpose and knowing what your core message is and then how do you actually create, how do you put down on paper your compelling message? Because that compelling message is what's going to draw the people that, you, that are assigned to you, it's going to draw them to you. If you don't know how to say what you're called to do, people just you have some people supporting you because they love you, you know, maybe in their in your family or something. But the people who really need what you have will not know where to find you or will not know how to recognize your voice when they hear you talking because you won't be clear about it. And then in the next three days of the first week, we're going to deal with a type of event. We're going to talk about um, meetups. We're going to talk about conferences and workshops. Whether you do half day workshops. Uh, full-day workshops, or maybe you're going to do a half-a-day conference, or you're going to do a full-blown three- or four-day event. We're going to talk about how to set those up, what they are, what's the purpose of them, how to get the people out uh, to your event. We're going to talk about uh, online, virtual events, if you will. Those are the events that are online. How to, you know, how to do teleseminars, how to do webinars, how to do what we're going to be doing over the next two weeks, an online conference or a tele-summit, if you will. That's something that's usually done like a week or two. Or how to do actually a an, an a virtual webinar conference where you have uh, people who are presenting PowerPoints and uh, you send people a link. And if they're on their in, um, computer, tablet, smartphone, they can actually see that presentation and hear the person uh, speaking. And so those are the virtual events. And that's really, uh, those rather, are very, very big and popular today. So it's very important that you learn what they are and how they can benefit or become uh, something that you can utilize in getting yourself out there in a big way. And then the second week, we're going to be ready, set, live. We're going to actually teach you how to plan your event. We're going to uh, give you the tools that you're going to need. We're going to talk to you about exposure and marketing of your event. We're going to have an expert come on, Cassandra Lang. She's um, an exposure expert. Uh, we're also going to do talk to you about event in, um, income streams, you know, how to market from the stage, how to monetize your message, how to create the product that you need uh, at your events, and how to sell them from the stage, you know, or uh, from at your workshop, at your at your um, seminar, you know. And sometimes it works best to have them at the back of the room, and then sometimes it works best when they're included in the registration costs. You know, I don't know, uh, Vanessa, have you experienced that? There are sometimes I've had actually do a seminar where the workbook was included in the registration, you know, to make sure that yeah, the product and, was sold. And you do it both ways depending on the audience. If you If your mailing list is a bunch of people who are used to going to workshops and seminars and they're more educationally taught type geared, then they understand a, a workshop cost. And uh, you can include, you know, the manual and make it a little higher. Then there's other times when this is something new and you have a lower cost. And then when you get there, their enthusiasm by wanting to take the literature will make them go to the back room and purchase it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And sometimes if you, I know I found here uh, where I live, 
that sometimes you have to, just to get the people out, you have to include the workbook. And when they see the registration form and they see the word workbook, you know, then they're like, wow, get a workbook. And then they're more apt to go ahead and register for the conference. But if you get them out to the conference or to the workshop or to the live event and the workbook was not in the registration, you have a harder time getting them to go to the back of the room and sell. What what I hear, what I found that they do is you can have your stuff at the back of the room, but if you have vendors at your event, they'll go to the vendors first as opposed to the person that actually put the, the the event on. So when I do a live wow. event here, I make sure that in the registration cards, that workbook, uh, the um, the, uh, the, the uh, templates or checklists, whatever it is that I would want them to purchase for that event, I include that in the registration cards. And I say, here's your bonus for registering. You get da-da-da-da-da. Because mm-hmm. that means that when they pay the registration, my product is sold. So when they want to go to the vendor tables after that, hey, they can go to the vendor tables. But uh, for me, you know, putting on, a, on on an event and then seeing the people at the event go to the other vendors, it was like, wait a minute, you know. So I had to be creative and say, you know what, I need to include that in the registration cost, you know, uh, in order to, uh, to get the people to uh, worth not just to get them out, but to make sure that the product that I was selling was also mm-hmm. sold. So that means every registration, I had a product that was sold. And, there, of course, I had products on the table, and if they wanted to buy one for a friend or get another product that I have, you know, that's different. But for that event that I was putting on, I made sure that the product was included in the registration um, cost, and and that helped everything. I mean, that just works better. Again, like you say, you need to know your audience. you got to know Who's on your mailing list? You got to know what venue that you're using, what what atmosphere are you in, because that's going to tell you how to set the event up. You know, so um, if people if yeah. you're dealing with people who want something for their registration money, then make sure your workbook is included uh, in that registration because they're going to be saying, "Wow, I got a workbook," you know, and it, it basically what's happening is you're getting your product so and you're getting the registration cost. So you really have to say, okay, you know, uh, how do I need to do this? So we'll talk a little bit more about that, teaching you actually how to monetize your event so that you're not just getting registration costs, you're also getting some additional income as well. And like you said, that's a back-of-the-room sale that you want to make sure uh, that you have. And so we're going to talk about that. The, again, the, the the conference is for two weeks. Throughout the two weeks, uh, if you follow us, there are key days that we're going to be offering free gifts. And there's a special web page that you're going to go to. We'll give you that on the days that we offer them. And uh, you go to that web page, you'll be able to have a download. It may be a checklist. It may be a template that you can use. You know, uh, it's just our way of saying thank you for following us for the two weeks for the conference. In addition to that, we'll also have a resource resources on that same page that you can purchase at a special price. And again, uh it it could be something uh like um a, a digital it's going to be a digital download, but it could be a set of templates or a set of uh checklists for whatever we're talking about on that day. And again, by the time you get to the end of the two weeks, you should have your event planner binder ready to go to do whatever type of event that you're actually going uh, to put on. So remember, you know, 
If you want to do greater works, if you want to do something uh, big, you got to stop being the best kept secret. A lot of us are sitting on our wealth, if you will. You know, Dr. Lovett always tells me that, you know, so you may be sitting on your wealth, but, you know, you have to get, you have to mentally be ready to step out and launch out and do these kinds of things because you don't know the outcome until you actually get the ball rolling. You know, you can tell people about the event that you uh, potentially are going to uh, have and everybody will say, oh, I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming. But it's not until you actually put the, the rubber to the road and actually start marketing that event, advertising, uh, telling people about it, passing out flyers, sending out emails. It's not until you start getting that feedback do you know if they're sincere about actually coming? So it's, it's it's a lot of work involved, but you could a live event could be very financially lucrative. It can be uh, it can get you the exposure that you need, and not only that, um, Vanessa and I've seen where where we've had live events or spoken at live events, and from there we have inv- have received invitations to participate in other right. events. You know, so it's you know. Even your own live event, can uh, somebody could be sitting in the audience and just from you having your own event, be invited to speak at other events because the key the, the uh, right. Let me hmm? hop in. Let me hop in there uh, right there because if nothing else but a very powerful nugget that you catch from that, the power of what she just said. As I said earlier, I've been doing this since 1996. I have not ever called anybody and said. Um, can I come minister at your church? It's all happened for me ministering somewhere or having my own conference and someone hearing me and contacting me to come minister for them. I can honestly say that since 1996. That's just how important and how powerful that is. I, You know, I concur. I can tell you I think the only uh, conference or event that I've ever asked to teach at was Full Gospel. And that's because that was, the, remember, the very first one that launched. You know, that's when Bishop Kenneth Omer was over the School of Ministry. and we still called, looking for us, too, though, because he knew about us as students, remember? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and so and we had to set, reconnect, I guess you will, or call and make right. sure, you know. Right. And then after that first year, it was just automatic the second year. You know, that's so. Right. And then, and I think it was that second year when we brought Angela Aubrey in, mm-hmm. you know. And mm-hmm. uh, sometimes your your speaking uh, uh, engagements will come from some, from a third party introduction, you know. So, uh, but we've I've I've never had to do it either, you know. I've I've just that's the only one, and, and that was just one time. It usually and comes from. And I'm not saying anything wrong with you know putting mm-hmm. yourself out there, but the power of doing that. It's so awesome because when you, as you're going to teach in the first module you're talking about, when you get clear on what your lane is, what you're anointed to do, man, it'll draw people to you. They'll want what you have. They'll want to have you come and empower their people and teach and share with what you know. I think that's what I'm trying to stress, that if, yeah. if, you, if you do what you're anointed to do, then exactly. they'll come for you. That's what I'm really trying to say. They'll come for Actually- you. Absolutely. And if you do need to ask, make sure you have all your ducks in a row. Make sure when you present yourself that you have, I call it all your ducks in a row. But another way I say it is make sure that you have your ministry or business portfolio mm-hmm. exact. I mean, the other way to say that is tight. You know, make sure it is 
well put together because sometimes you sh- you're introducing yourself in person and people want to remember you, but when they walk off and they got all these other people at that event all around them, sometimes what sparks their attention is when you put something in their hands that just grabs their attention. You know, I know that's um, – I did that once. I think it was at one of the full gospel uh, conferences, and somebody said, I've never seen something like this. You have to be creative. You have to go the extra mile. So if you are going to introduce yourself to people and tell people what you do and all about yourself, make sure that your portfolio is really good. Make sure the the grammar, there's no errors or anything, and make sure you have a great photo in there so they can remember the face you know, and make sure you have a write-up, even if it's bullet points under key head, uh, headings, so they can look at it and say, wow, yeah, let's let's try this out, you know. And so uh, it's nothing wrong with that, as she said. Just make sure if you do do that, that you're ready, to, that you're ready for that. And be not just to present yourself, but be ready for the yeses and the noes, too. So, well, uh, I'll, I'll put in there, because you won't say it. You have, and I've always told you this over the years, you're one of the most creative people I've ever known and for you all to listen in, please know you're you're going to learn and sit at the feet of someone who comes up with the catchiest titles, with the cutest images. I'm you know, I'm that's just that is not my lane. <laughs> but uh for for Ginger it is truly she is so resourceful, so creative and what she doesn't know she will get out there and research and pulling the information, hence the birthing of this teleseminar, this webinar that you're on right now. Uh, and to want to be creative with the niche for many of us are pregnant with an idea with wanting to teach others, but you don't know what to do, where to go. And you've been to, I doubt it's anyone listening that has not been to a seminar somewhere, sometime, someplace. Uh, mm-hmm. And most don't know how they got started. You have a rough idea, but all the many logistics and the checklist, you are extremely uh, anointed for that with creativity and talent. And I just want them to know that they're definitely sitting at someone who is so good at doing that. Oh, God bless you. Thank you so much uh, for that. And so we're going to go ahead and give you what we said we were going to give you tonight. It's going to be brief, but it's just to get you excited you know, we're going to dialogue about it, but you'll be able to take some notes as we talk about these different things to get you ready starting on tomorrow. And so, we, uh, you know, how to get paid uh, at live events or get paid, let's say, uh, for what you know, if you will. You know, get paid for your expertise. You know, we all want to get paid. You know, it's, it's a whole lot of people that say, oh, I'm just doing it. You know, I don't want to get paid. You know, um, I'm not doing it for money. You know, we say all kinds of things like that. And then we're praying for financial increase. You know, uh, God gives us the power to give wealth, so it's okay for you to want to get paid. You know, the, the labor is worthy of his hire. Uh, you know, there are some things that I don't charge for. But um, but I've gotten to the place now, you know, where there it's a lot of things I do charge for because the information that I release or strategies or principles or things or techniques and things that I teach you, it's unfair for me to just give that away and not receive anything in return. And then I'm over here praying for a financial blessing and you booming, you know, from information that you're taught, 
you know, and sometimes, not all the time, but there are times when people do that. And, you know, just like the, the 10 lepers, only one came back, you know, so right. a lot of times people get all of the free stuff that you give them and they go out and they, they are really excel at it, but they never come back to even say thank you. They never come back and plant a seed financially or otherwise. And so you have to resolve within yourself that it's okay to make money. You know, even in the body of Christ, it's okay to make money in ministry. Come on, let's be real, Vanessa. You know, Bishop Jakes puts on, uh, he's now started again, the Mega Fest. He just does it in Dallas now. But that's a registration right. fee for that. Sure you know, is. it's a registration fee for those hotels are free. Written out for Coliseum, <laughs> he's not free. People love him, but they don't love him enough to say, oh, it's free, come on down. You know, one exactly. thing when you say about charging, um, for me, for over 14 years, that was my total livelihood. When I left engineering and started ministry, ministry uh, became, I wasn't, quote, a tent maker per se. I literally lived off my livelihood of going out ministering and giving my monthly conferences. So I was always sensitive before the Lord, but always sensitive to the fact that um, it cost me to rent a hotel to have a monthly conference. So, um we we had charges, and, you know, I built up my list by then from traveling and, and speaking at different churches, especially in the Fort Worth, Dallas Metroplex, so people knew me and wanted to definitely come out and learn more and already knew, and we're inviting more people uh, through the marketing, but uh, I, I taught people, uh, you go everywhere else and you pay an admission. Why is it you want to come into church with the mindset of not wanting to pay or one with the things of God where you want that to be free. You would never think of going into a movie theater. Even if it was a dollar man day, you still right. knew you were going to pay something. You would never think of going to a restaurant. Uh, it may be all you eat, but you were going to pay Golden Corral something before you went in there and ate to your heart's content. But I don't know where that lie started in the body of Christ. And, you know, I have a math degree, zero times zero, even with the new math. <laughs> you got to give me something to work with to help be a blessing back to you and to sow into me. And um, that I had, I was taught early by my senior prophet now of over 20-some years to never apologize for um, asking people to sow into you. We can use nice words of a donation or a love gift, but you need to uh, first have a posture that you don't have to apologize for setting a price on your talent of teaching. Even a teacher in a classroom every day who loves to teach isn't there for free. Right. So I have no problem with teaching people to uh, set a, a market. And even if it's a, a love offering, be clear on what your budget is. I never had a meeting that I didn't go into knowing that my budget was uh, 800 to break even or you know, be a 2000 or whatever it was um, to break even. So I knew what I needed to make for registration or from the back of the room or, you know, to, to use some wisdom uh, with that. But uh, we have to start with the mindset of teaching um, that people appreciate more what they pay for. Exactly. You take exactly. care of things better than you do stuff that people just give you free. Nothing wrong with free. But when somebody like me who was doing it for my livelihood, you know, you needed to sow into me. You didn't come to the prophet even biblically with just a smile. 
you came with them with something in your hand. Absolutely. And, you know, the same people sometimes uh, who look for, you know, things in ministry or whether ministry is at the church per se or whether it's an event that's being held by somebody in ministry, you know, whether it's about ministry or even if it's about business, you know, being an entrepreneur or some type of um uh, skill or, or, or strategies you're teaching, they look for it for free, but yet they'll go to another seminar or another event and pay from 400 to up to $1,500 to sit in there to hear. And it's because like, why well, don't... Mindset. We kind of, you know, those who allow them to do that have to take some of the responsibility first because you allow it. But then secondly, it's a teaching and you don't break bad habits and bad mindsets. Uh, you teach the people you can't be blessed without sowing something into it, and you buy anything you want because most of those folks who say they're broken want to don't want to pay have on a purse, some shoes, a dress, mm-hmm. or something that they spent hundreds for. And I don't mind that. Well, if your outside is just as important, your mind don't have don't be empty between the space between your ears. But you look cute. <laughs> no, come ready to to sew. And I just have always had a strong position in my heart. And as I teach my prophets in training, um, when we have a posture, now yes, there've been some of the people who abused it. We would be less than honest to not say that some people will charge you for a workshop or seminar and have no meat, have no substance, no hype. But that doesn't mean all do, and that doesn't mean that. You should never have to pay for him. I mean, all of us have had a bad teacher, a bad accountant, a bad doctor, a bad and you paid them, though. Right. You just didn't go back to them. You just didn't give them your business anymore. Exactly. So in teaching this seminar, what I can say when people are price-pointing it, um, you know, yeah, you may have to use some strategies of uh, if they don't know you, a lower uh, price, but I would never encourage people not to have some admission. Because I used to have people around, no, no, let them just come for free and they'll do a love offering. And most of those people who come for free and still put in a dollar or two, they're going to stay struggling. They're going to stay not growing uh, because you're not helping them grow up to understand, especially when they'll leave you and go spend 30 bucks out eating <laughs> when they leave there. Exactly. Because you know I, mean? I, I so can remember... Some of it's our fault, and so when mm-hmm. we teach people now who are getting started, go make apologies for that. Know your worth and be willing Absolutely. to have people come up to it. I remember at the Women of Color Conference, I had uh, somebody do a, uh, to do the offering, and she asked the people to bring their, ch- their change. Oh, no, sister. Oh, I remember that. Ooh, ooh. you might bring that change down here, but bring some dollar bills with it. So you're mm-hmm. right, it is strategic. Now, who who's going to have, you know, a large amount of change in their purse? Nobody at a conference. You know, it's like change. And the sad part about that was she's forgetting that it costs you something to be in that hotel. You had exactly. expenses you went into on faith, expecting a return to cover the cost, and then with a sincere heart, she was literally almost sabotaging. Exactly. What God had set up for you to uh, be blessed by. And so um, I think myself or somebody, remember, we came right behind and said, oh, no. Uh, yeah, we need dollar bills in it. 
Yeah, I remember I, I was, you know, the prophet of me was like, order, no. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like, huh? So, but, uh, so at that, on that note, I'm going to ask you a question to the uh, to the listening audience. What's stopping you? You know, if you're talking about, you know, hey, I want to get out there in a big way. I want to, you know, I got all these great ideas. I want to do this. I want to do that. But you, you haven't done any of the great ideas that you have. The question is, what's stopping you? And there are two things, reasons we're going to talk to you about what's stopping you. And number one is the reason there's fear. You know, you see other people doing it. You're wondering in your mind if you can do it. You know, like you said earlier, maybe nobody knows me. You know, what is? will anybody listen to me? You know, what am I going to say to them? You know, I don't know if I'm ready. You know, all kind of excuses that we come on. The bottom line is you have all those excuses because there's fear there. And if you really want to take a leap of faith, you got to move past fear and you just have to do it. Period. Again, you got to learn how to present yourself, and then in presenting yourself, you have to learn how to to go a little bit further, and that's doing events. You know, present yourself, tell people what it is that you do, what you're good at, how you can help them, and then you have to start having events. You have to start creating products to that uh, confirm what you're saying, but don't let fear stop you. So the number one reason why people don't do live events or put or present themselves well is because of fear, and then the second one is a lack of faith. You know, we all been given some measure of faith, but we don't all grow our faith. And so there are things that God has shown you that he wants you to do and even given you told you, hey, it's time to do it. Launch out. Let your nets down. But you won't do it because you have a lack of faith. You know, and you know, you just have the jitters and you just don't believe that um it's gonna happen. But it you really, really have to have faith in God and you have to have faith in yourself. You know, you can do an event based on what, you know, where your skills are right now. And in the meantime, you can be developing and sharpening and growing or maturing in, in what you're called to do. So you don't have to wait until, you, quote, you're like 100 years in the spirit, you know, before you can do something. Start where you are. The first seminar that I ever did was at um, Greater St. Stephen's at that time, Missionary Baptist Church in New Orleans. Now it's Full Gospel Baptist. But the very first one I did um, was at a new members uh, event. They had a, a division called New Members Orientation. And we, and uh, once every couple of months we did some big something for new members. And that was to make sure that we were able to keep track of everybody who was joining the church, make sure they were connected, get, you know, introduce them to minist- different areas of ministry. And we actually um, did an event for them. And I uh, asked to plan it, and I planned the event, and we did it uh, based on the fruit of the Spirit. And I actually had all different types of fruit um, out, and everybody who spoke the event was one of the fruit in the scripture as well as on the table. So, you know, I think I realized even before then, Vanessa, that I had to cre- uh, 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 some creativity because before I rededicated my life to Christ in the late 80s, I was actually uh, doing fashion shows. I was having live events. I was doing fashion shows, and um, I was selling tickets, and I was putting those shows on in nightclubs, and people were showing up, buying tickets and showing up. 
And I remember my youngest brother said, girl, if you would have kept going, you probably would be as big as Fashion Fair right now. You would have fashion uh, the fashion show part. If you didn't you even know what you going. had. <laughs> didn't even know what I had. I was I went around to the different boutiques that were indiv- uh, um, independently owned, asked if we could use their clothes, brought the models over, introduced them to the people, let them speak at the event, all, at the event everything, put the show on. Um, the, and and at that time, negotiated where, guess what, the nightclub didn't even charge me to put the event on. I told them, you're going to make money because the people are going to buy drinks. <laughs> sure yeah, enough, that's exactly what people coming in their door who wouldn't have been coming in. Had would not, not have been coming in. Exactly, who would not have been coming in. And I think once I rededicated my life to Christ, I did a couple of more fashion shows, but they were at hotels. And again, sold tickets, everything, people showed up. And again, at that time, I don't think I realized, you know, like you said, what I had. I knew that was, I knew I was creative. I knew I got bored easily, and I had to have something that that I was doing that was always moving. That's something that was all creative, on the move, on the go. I love speaking. You know, the microphone never scared me. You know, the cameras never scared me. The the camcorders, none of that stuff scared me. I was like, okay, over here, I'll talk. You know, so you really have to. Uh, really get grounded and get past your fears, and you have to build your faith up. You have to. Cause you know there, what? There I mean, even, um, mm-hmm. Minister Jen, let me cut you off. I did a, a series. I preach this about every six months called "Don't Let the Start Stop You." That's the name yes. Of Don't let the start talk about exactly what you talked about: uh, the fear and the fear of failure. Now, don't think that I didn't have some monthly conferences where. Only 70 people showed up, and I was expecting 150 or 200. And usually every time, sometimes they'd give more than when it was 200 for. Um, but I, I had to walk through the ups and the downs and be consistent because as I stayed faithful and consistent, I watched God continue to be faithful and consistent with me. And I and I, and I think you're right on it. When, when people are afraid of a hiccup, afraid of it not turning out like they want. Nothing, anybody successful you talk to, if they're honest, had a couple of failures on their way to success. I always tell the story of uh, Walt Disney behind a mouse. He went bankrupt seven times. Now, I know his wife, she must have been a very special woman. I didn't say he lost a little bit of money, Ginger. Bankrupt seven times but you can't go anywhere in the world now. And people have not heard of Mickey and Minnie Mouse. Right. On the franchise of Disney World. So we can't let the road to your success be naive that it will have to read our matriarchs. I mean, Jesus' road was bumpy when you read even in the four synoptic gospels of him coming to try to teach us a better way. He still had times when in Nazareth, where he could not do miracles and the things Paul went through. But they still reached that place called success and destiny. So we can't fear setbacks. What we need to be ready for is to let it mold us, build us, uh, you know, mature us, perfect us. That's what I want to say back to you. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, I can tell you, well, I've had events with a huge turnout. And then one time I did a conference. I kid you not, I did a, did a conference. And let me close my eyes and count the people. Eight people showed up. I was like, wait a minute. 
<laughs> Who I paid yeah. for this hotel? Good Lord. Yeah. And I kid you not, and the same eight people, and my conferences are usually two days, two or three days. And I, the same people came both days. All eight of the same people came both days. Nobody knew or not. I was like, what's happening? What's going on? You know, and I was like, wow. But listen, if that's what you're supposed to be doing, as Vanessa said, you got to do it again the next year. Point blank. You just have to do it again the next year. Well, I was doing them twice a year. I was doing them in January and June, in July, I think it was. Uh, So you have to do them. You have to be consistent, period. And you can't, you know, fluff it and try to over-spiritualize it and say, well, I guess the people who are supposed to be here were here. No, more people who are supposed to be here, they ain't show up. You know, and you have to go forward and you have to have that conference with the three, the four, the six, the eight, the 100, the 150, the 170, the 400 people. You have to have that conference anyway. You know, Creflo Dollar said, well, he started preaching with nobody. Yep. You know, just talking to empty chairs. So you have to, you know, don't let that sway you. Don't think because of just a few people showed up, you know, by the time you do your fourth event, only a handful of people. Don't worry about that. That doesn't mean you're not supposed to be doing it. It just simply means some some people might just be in outright disobedience. They may not be uh, obeying the voice of God to go. They may know they're supposed to go and don't go. So you have to keep going no, uh, no matter what. You can have... Uh, I know a young lady, she did her fir- her first conference out. She pulled out 200 the first time. And then a couple of sessions later, it, it dwindled down. But then it picked back up. You know, so uh, you have to just be really uh, assured that this is what you're supposed to be doing. Uh, again, make sure you know your message. Because even with the 9, 10, the 20, the 15, the 30 that show up, you know, you know, thirty people could be in your presence, and you could, you know, and you can still have a lucrative, uh, financially lucrative event. You know, it depends on what thirty sitting in front of you. You know, so don't um, say, "Oh, wow!" You know, look, only a handful of people are here. You act like a lot of people are there, and you just go ahead and do it. You know, and you have to keep going. You know, it's not going to always be. A major event, you know, because I think if I'm not mistaken, Bishop Jakes has stopped Megafest, right? At one time, you know, he did because of the numbers had dropped, and he and and it was too much overhead in Atlanta, and he downsized. I mean, it's advertising and marketing makes it look bigger, but it's a fourth of the size by him bringing it back to Dallas. Uh, exactly, because even the American Airlines building only holds sixteen thousand versus the 40,000 that were in the Georgia Dome, so 80,000. So he yeah. wasn't, you know, he learned. He had to regroup and said, let me go because if I'm paying for all these people to fly or volunteers right. who don't show up from the different <laughs> churches, let me keep it in Dallas where I know I have 200, 300 strong volunteers. And I'll exactly. Because I uh, went to participate in the first, both of them, the first two. Mm-hmm. I was a vendor. And we're we're also going to talk to you about having vendors at your event. Bishop Jake's first event, Megafest, the vendor booth was fifteen hundred bucks. And that was the first time I had ever heard of a vendor booth being fifteen hundred. Because you know they weren't nearly that much money at all at Full Gospel. Full Gospel was like three hundred, two hundred. You know, some right. they've gone up now, but shoot, they were only like two and three hundred dollars. And so fifteen hundred. And the first year that I did it, nobody knew where the vendors were. Right, they that, had you all they, off in a real remote location. Yeah, they had a hundred and twenty-five 
thousand people at Megafest, and nobody knew where the expo was until the last day. Oh, then the next year they put us in the middle of everything, and that year, um, I think it was fifteen hundred for the booth, and that year what I did, I um. I made by that time. By the time we made it to the next year, I came up with some creative sales ideas, and uh, the first year I broke. I literally broke even. Literally broke even. Made the fifteen hundred back. Broke even. The next year, I did more than that. I did. I think I did thirty six or thirty seven hundred. You know, at that event. But you, you know, everybody was like, "You going back?" But sometimes you have to do it a second time right. to right. know. So, so the third time I was like, nah, Jake, Bishop Jake's gonna keep these booths at fifteen hundred. You know, <laughs> <laughs> no, you know. So you really have to. Sometimes you have to launch out. You got to do it. It's really by faith. You really have to do it by faith. And it's gonna be the same thing for your event because you know what? If you have an event and you have vendors, you uh, rent out vendor tables for your event. The vendors don't know whether or not they're gonna be able to recoup anything until you have your event. And so that it may be been a, may be good for them one year. It may not be good the next year. The third year may be even better than the first two years. But the vendors are going to take a chance. They're going to actually say, okay. But why? Because they want their products out. They want people to know about their books. They want people to know about whatever they're selling. They want them to know about their services. And so they're going to they're going to do it. They're going to say, okay, I'm going to do it. You know. And so you have to increase your faith. Uh, you may need to start off small. If you, you know, instead of holding a three-day event, you may need to uh, really start off small. And you know what? You can hold some events at your house. You know, if you want to keep your overhead, do an event at your house. You know, to get people excited and to uh, about what you're doing and to experience the gift that's been entrusted to you. Whether you're in business, ministry, you're an author, maybe you've written books, you know, whatever it is. Maybe you're a life coach, whatever it is. If you want to keep your overhead low, guess what? Do something at your home and call in an event and let people know that they're coming to an exclusive event in your home, you know, and make sure you have everything set up. You know, Vanessa, that's what some of the uh, life coaches do who are very lucrative uh, financially, they do events in their homes. You know, it's for exclusive people, though. I mean, you know, you pay to go to their house, you know. But they actually yeah. host some events in their home because they put pictures out there so you can see it after the fact. But they have it looking really, really nice. They have a, a nice layout. They have a nice fruit tray or a nice, you know, they tell you what they fed the people. They have the dining room area set up if they're going to feed them. You know, they really do it nice. But guess what? They saved a whole lot of money doing it. Even if they paid a private caterer, they still saved a whole lot of money hosting an event in their home, you know, as opposed to having to go to a hotel and pay all of the hotel charges that you normally would pay. So start off small. You know, do something in your home and then branch out. Go check, you know, at your um, some, uh, different hotels um, in your area. You know, we have one here that I use. And when I use it, I think the price has gone up a little bit. But uh, in uh, just in the last year or two, the price has gone up. But, Vanessa, in the past, I could hold an event. And because I held that event under Ginger London Ministries, I paid $300 for the whole day. I had that room for the whole day from 7 or 8 o'clock in that morning to 11 or 12 midnight, 300 bucks. 
but I wouldn't have known that had I not said Ginger London Ministries. And I don't think it was much more. They just had a special price for a nonprofit and ministry organ Christian organization. So you need to check if you are if you're in the if you're in ministry or marketplace ministry. But even today it's still uh maybe I think that hotel is like three fifty for up four to six hours. Three hundred and fifty dollars for a six hour event is nothing. That's you true. know oh my God, that's nothing. You know, because you can you can get the vendor tables to pay for the room. You know, because I would do it, and I was able to have 10 vendor tables around the wall inside the event. So you could say, okay, my, my, my event is three, the room is 350 I have 10 vendor tables, you know, what's that, $35, but you want to charge more than that. But still, if you charge $35, bam, the room is paid for. That's without registration without any registration fees that you're going to collect. So you can start small, go check. You may they probably have some um city parks that are your your city government may own buildings that they uh rent out for people to have events. Some of them actually have uh kitchen facilities in them where you can bring in food. You can't bring it into the hotels, but there are uh, facilities here that are owned by the city of Baton Rouge that we can uh, rent out for little of nothing and actually bring the food in ourselves because they don't have a catering uh, department. And so, you, again, you save a lot of money. Still charge whatever you want to charge for registration. It's a more intimate setting, you know, when you do it like that. And uh, and there you can try your hand at it. So don't let fear and a lack of faith um keep you down. And the one other thing that we want to uh, talk to you just briefly about tonight is getting the right help. you got to get the right people on your team. And we're going to talk a little bit more about how to build your team, you know, for your events and just for whatever it is that you're doing. But you want to make sure that you get the right people. You know, you need the people who are going to be with you 110% of the way, and then you need the people who are going to be there the day of the event, and you need the encouragers. You need the people who can say, listen, I can't come to meetings. I can't, you know, come to any planning meetings, but I can pray for you. I can encourage you. I can ask you if there's any, you know, thing that, that I can just give to you, go pick up for you right quick, but I can't commit to any uh, lengthy uh, time of planning with you. You have those people. And then you have the people that say, hey, you know, what is it? Can I, what can I do for you to help you pull this event off? And they're going to be with you from the moment you met the event to the last minute of the event. Those are the hard workers. Those are the people that you always want to make sure are on your team. And then you're going to have the people who are just going to show up that day to volunteer. Don't don't minimize them. Appreciate them because they're going to block off those days. They're not coming to planning meetings. They're just going to show up to volunteer. And then you have the people who are going to say, hey, is there anything that I can do for you? Can I type something up for you? Can I run a quick errand, I got this day free and this day free. I can't commit to anything. But you need to build a solid team. You know, did you, did you have a, a solid team, Vanessa, for your event? Yeah, one one of the big advantages for me, um, especially every month, uh, I always had, uh, over the years, I've mentored profits and training. And I usually always have between six to eight um, uh, pits. And I was very, 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 uh, strict with them about um, personality, about um, making sure a spirit of hospitality was on you, that you were more concerned about people than a task, um, that you uh, always were courteous and 
you always were sensitive to the spirit, like when body ministry is going around. I hate a lot of walking and moving around and, you know, just uh, order. <laughs> and I took a lot of time to train them. Uh, if somebody disagrees with you, you're not combative. You just get me or, you know, get somebody else. One of these, there was always a lead pit, and I would rotate responsibilities. We always had a hospitality time after every service where we would feed our special guests and they would serve. I'd rotate between one who would be over um, the service, who was responsible for making sure the greeters and ushers and everybody was in place. So they got a feel for like, there's like eight or nine written job descriptions and they'd rotate and they use two or three other volunteers who would help out. And uh, it just always was important to me that they understood uh, that we're representing God. These are God's people, and they're important to him. And people come in with all kinds of uh, hurts, issues, mindsets, and we still meet them with love. Uh, You meet them with a smile. You always are sensitive to when somebody's up speaking, you know, or, um, you know, just simple things. If people came with children, how to politely even tell them to, uh, seat them in the back and explain very kindly because babies are going to be babies. I don't expect a one- or two-year-old child to sit still in a two- or three-hour service. That's crazy. Why even set them up for that? So, no, you don't put anybody on the second row with a child. And But how do you say that to someone? Um, just, you know, to our speakers. I always would assign an armor bearer to every time I had a speaker, and I taught them about you don't have a lot of idle conversation. So it was good for them because they were learning from every angle. And I have five, four of them right now who have regular conferences. And uh, one of them, she's mentoring uh, profits and trading herself uh, there in Dallas. So I always would teach and train and teach and train uh, by example. And whenever we have a new group, of pits come on, they would always mentor the other ones so that uh, people always saw, you know, the uniformity, the unity, uh, the sensitivity to the spirit. And that's just so important. You can't throw people. Uh, and what I, a niche that came for me, I forgot to say this when I started, Ginger, I literally had two or three ministries in the Dallas-Fort Worth area who uh, hired me as a consultant when they were having their conferences to work with their people uh, from what I learned from the Azusa volunteering, from what I learned from ICBM conferences, because I am an industrial engineer, the people engineer of flow charts and job descriptions. And, you know, you can't, you know, people are more sensitive about what you, what they, you think they expect. They do better when they know you're going to inspect with love. But you make clear what the expectations are. Uh, I met with those who uh, were going to always, uh, host a speaker. I met with those who were greeters and ushers. I met with those who were out working the product table. I would meet with those who, you know, were uh, responsible for marketing, advertising, how to get the word out, uh, how to contact and ask ministries and invite other ministries to come out and support your um, meeting. And the logistics of it, I would show them sample letters. Uh, that I would use to write and invite a speaker to come and be very clear in the letter uh, what the honorarium was going to be or how we were going to split the offering or whatever the traveling requirement for them to let us know what their requirements were. 
I showed them letters and correspondence. So when people are used to seeing that, it then it then it works like a well grief machine and people come into a conference and from, you know, the time they hit the door until the time they hit the door going into the service when they're greeted with people saying hello, welcome, come in and then those seating them correctly. You know, all those little things that become a big thing if they're not handled correctly. So, yeah, I've always been big in training and training. And it and it's not hard, but it's just simple things that make it smooth. Absolutely, absolutely. So, listen, everybody, we want you to stay with us for the next two weeks. It's going to be an awesome uh, time of teaching and training and you know, just empowering you to be to get prepared to put on your first live event or either to put on your 50th uh, live event. We're just going to give you uh, some tools. And Vanessa said it earlier that we have to keep up with the times. You know, years ago, like when we did Full Gospel for the very first time, the Internet was nowhere near what it is right now, you know, so... You know, we, we were still, like you said, it was cassettes then, you know, people, you know, so I, I didn't even have cassettes, when we, you know, when we did. All I had was a manual that I wrote for the class that I was teaching. I didn't have cassettes, VHSs, none of that stuff, just mm-hmm. cassettes, you know, and you, you're you so right because even at the at the full first full gospel uh, that I taught at, um, you know, remember we had two classes a day, 15-minute breaks between each class. And by the time you added up at the end, you had roughly about 30 to 45 minutes of where you could sell your products. And I think the first day in a 30-minute period, I made $600 selling. So that was in the 90s, everybody. So imagine what you can do right now in 2015, you know, with all of the the tools and and, uh, possibilities that you have today. You know, especially with this digital everything, you know, download MP3s and digital PDFs and, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff, you know. So stay with us. Uh, Again, uh, we're going to be teaching you everything that you need to know as much as possible over the next uh, two weeks. Don't forget, if you're uh, not registered to to receive the emails to know what – Topics are, are going to be taught on what day. Go to gingerlondon.com on the home page. Click the banner for the Greater Works Live, and it will take you to the registration page. So if you just want to listen to the live calls, you can. They're free. If you want to upgrade and get a, get the uh, the work the digital uh, workbook as well as templates and checklists, uh, right now you can upgrade for $97. Uh, afterwards, after June 30th, it's going to go to the retail selling price of 197 So you save about $100, you know, if you go ahead and upgrade now or through the next two weeks you'll have time to upgrade. You know, sometimes people want to listen to a few calls and teachings first before they make that decision, and no problem. So that's why we extended it uh, to uh, June 30th instead of the end of the actual two weeks conference. So you still have three days after the conference if you want to upgrade. Um, and so I'm excited. I'm glad that you're here. And don't forget, there will be certain days that we'll actually offer free gifts. We're just not going to tell you which days um, they are. We will have uh, some very early 
uh, morning uh, trainings. We're going to try to do this. I know a lot of people, sometimes they can listen while they're getting dressed. Uh, sometimes they have long work days. So we're going to do some early uh, morning training. We're going to do some lunch and learns, and we're going to also do some evenings. We'll have some regular evenings, like around 7, 7.30. And then we're going to also have a couple of late-night trainings for those people who, you know, when you get home, you got to feed the kids, you have to put them to bed, you know, do all, give them a bath, put them to bed, do all that kind of stuff, and then, you you know, finally you get a breather. Well, we're going to give you a chance to do that, so we'll let you know when. We're going to have some um, late-night training for you. I know when I did my coach certification, I did the class that was at 10 p.m. at night because I knew everything for the whole day would be uh, settled, and on that Monday when I – Called in at 10 p.m. I had finished everything I needed to finish for that day, and so I was focused on the next hour and a half. I mean, I took a 10 to 11:30 at night training class, and it worked out great. And that went on for six months, so we're only two weeks. And so we'll let you know the schedule if you want us to email you the schedule. Make sure you go to gingerlondon.com and sign up. That's pretty much the only way you're going to get it. Is those that sign register for it. We're going to send it out. If not. Go to the Facebook group. We're going to post it daily on the Facebook group. So we want to thank you so much for joining us on this evening. Vanessa, thank you so much for being a part of this. I'm going to give you a few minutes for any closing remarks that you would like to say or let the people know what your area of expertise is that you're going to be teaching. Well, uh, again, this is an awesome opportunity, a phenomenal niche you have found. And I'm encouraging everyone to uh, upgrade. This will be pertinent information. Even if you are saying right now you have no clue what workshop or seminar you might do, at one point you will, and you want to have the information and be prepared. And I just think this is an excellent way where you can sit in the comfort of your home and just call in and listen and just be so empowered, empowered, empowered. And uh, everything I've had from all life experiences, uh, as i said, every morning at 7 a.m. I have a half hour, uh, the master's call, uh, radio conference call that people call in from all over the country. And we have powerful men and women of God who give a 15-minute sermon. And we have a few times for announcements. We pray for people and then send them on their way. And uh, we have a website, themasterscall.net. You're welcome to go visit. You can listen to any of the messages. But my heart is using this technology, Ginger, using uh, the stay-at-home. I'm now taking care of my 91-year-old mother, so my life had to adjust. The traveling haven't been able to do as much. And learning how to do things through the webinar, through the phone, um, through the Internet has just been powerful to stay connected. And I call it more user-friendly. Uh, for people, so you don't have to drive anywhere. You can mm-hmm. in your pajamas, you get your praise on. You can, you know, be in your lounging clothes, your warm ups, and learn all this phenomenal information. And uh, that's where anything and everything that I have to help, uh, I'll be more than happy to share. As I've had to transition, as Ginger's mentioned, we've had to change as times have changed, but the methods and the principles have not changed. Uh, even on our 30-minute call, I still have someone who greets the people from 10 till uh, every week. They have a calendar I send out uh, at the beginning of every month. Of, um, they have, and uh, someone is greeting everyone who calls in for 10 minutes, welcoming them to the call, finding out where they're from. Uh, they have a little tag for the day. 
um, to encourage the people. And then right at 7 o'clock, go by Good Morning America. When he comes on, the host comes on. They trade it off to the host, and they greet the people and tell the purpose of the call, the scripture verse, uh, our theme. And then they know by 9 after they're introducing the speaker. So by 10 after, the speaker's up from 10 to 10 after to 25 after. Whoever the speaker is is speaking. They come back on and take prayer requests and pray, and then the benediction. And every calendar month, my team, I think it's about nine or ten uh, men and women, uh, they rotate. Some greet, some host, some of them even speak. And for some of them, that was their first time ministering, Ginger. They, I've been stretching them. They call me Mother Eagle from Gathering Mother Eagle to Ministry. Uh, Mother Eagle stretches them. I said, there's a word in your belly, and let me, I'll help you prepare a message. And by being just 15 minutes, it's making them collect their thoughts, you know, strategize a message and pour into the hearts of the people. And literally, we have hundreds who call in from all over the world uh, who tap in on Skype from London. And I laugh at them. It's in the evening over there and from the Bahamas and many in the States. Um, but it's it's a powerful way of using technology. And for those who always say who can't, we have playback numbers and we MP3 all the calls so they can put post them on their Facebook pages. That's changing with technology, and that's what I want to teach, so that we are user friendly to the generation. We're relevant Absolutely. to the generation that we're ministering to now. Absolutely, absolutely, and you know, and it's all live. That's the key. It's all live. Yep. You know, and all of your major uh, ministries, if you will, or even some of your major entrepreneurs, those who are really uh, excelling in what they do. You know, whether they're coaches, authors, or whatever, at some point they're doing something live online. You know, whether it's a call, whatever it is, they're doing something live. I know uh, Bishop Bobby Hill and them have a prayer. Um, they, they text you at at um, six thirty, I think it is, to let you know at six forty five, prayer is live. You know, so they give you a few minutes to to even make it to the call at six forty five, and they do it for fifteen minutes. You know, and I think um, some other ministries do it as well, and they do it similar to what you do. There's an introduction, there's a scripture, there's one where I've heard somebody sing before. They do a scripture, and then it goes immediately into prayer. So it's all about getting your voice out there so people can experience the gift that has been you've been entrusted with. And for you, if you're in business, to find another stream of income. You can't travel. All, you know, at the push of a button, like you just said, Vanessa, people from London, from um, Africa, from wherever, are actually listening, that they can dial in. They can use Skype, whatever it is. And, wow, they're listening to you. In the past, they had to wait till you travel to them. You know, now they don't have to do that, whether it's a telecall, whether it's a radio show like this one, or even um, a live webinar. You could email them the link, and if they click that link at the right time according to their time zone, they're going to see you, and they're going to be a part of that live webinar. If they call you at the right time, they're going to be a part of that live telecall, you know. So, it, and again, most of this technology, when you're doing it, you can record it, and there's a, you know, you could always email people and give them the replay link or the replay number, you know, those kinds of things. So we want you to, to really put your creative hat on, if you will, get your creative juices flowing, because as you're learning all of this, things are going to come to you, and you're going to have to write it down. So it's like get a tablet and label it, you know, uh, Greater Works Live. 
So uh, you, as you're learning from what we're going to teach over the next two weeks, you have it, you know, down on paper. Write it down, make it plain so those that really can run with it. That's in Habakkuk chapter 2. So that includes you. So you want to be able to go back over it afterwards and read it again and read it again and then start what? Putting some feet to what you're learning, you know, so that you can carry this out. So once again, everybody, thank you so much for joining us on the show tonight. This is the kickoff show for the Greater Works Live 2015 virtual conference. It kicks off tomorrow morning with the early morning training at 7 a.m. What time is the master call, Vanessa? Is it tomorrow? 7 a.m. I'm sorry, I'm at the exact same time. Is that 7 is that seven. seven? Yours is how long? Uh, 30 minutes from 7 to 7.30. Okay. All right. 7 to 7.30. We may bump it, you know. But um, uh, so I was just going to be live. And so it would either be 6.30 to 7, you know, if she wants to listen in. We might change up the time. We'll send you an email. We'll post it out there, uh, you know, because we really want or we'll do 7.30 to 8, you know, or something like that. But we're going to do an early morning. Start it off with an early morning because I want you to really think about who you are, and what it is what is your message? What are you called to do? Regardless that's not just ministry. What is your life's purpose? I want you to really be thinking about that tonight as we go and then join us early tomorrow and learn uh some uh strategies and principles on uh, uh your core message and what it is that you're called to do. And so once again, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Vanessa, for joining. God bless everybody. Have a great and wonderful evening. Take care. Thank you.